I'd like to welcome each and every one of you to this retreat that we'll be taking, undertaking together in the next the next uh, nine or ten days. And particularly to welcome those of you who are new to Gaia House. Glad that you've made your way here and found this sanctuary. It's been here now for, um, actually I don't know, can't remember, but quite a long time. Um, And it's developed into a really beautiful holding space for the kind of work uh, we'll be doing during this time of deepening a sense of presence and connection uh, to the Dharma, listening into the Dharma, uh, this word which was originally translated in one of the early translations is actually nature. Uh, so nature, the things that unfold according to a lawfulness or unfolding that isn't so much perhaps um, dependent on our uh, strategies and our particular you know, drivenness that we have in our lives, but it has a deeper flow, a deeper intelligence, and to listen into that flow and to be guided by that intelligence, it's really helpful to be able to slow down and to unplug, <laughs> particularly in the kind of times we're living in where we are so plugged in to so much, um, much of it being of a very destabilizing and overwhelming nature. Um, and it's very different to come into contact with that from a place of deepening and presence and steadiness and clarity and discernment and investigation than to just be constantly sort of uh, in a state of reactivity and trying to manage and cope and then feeling overwhelmed. Uh, We know that pattern. We all get involved in that kind of Um, process of just trying to manage. So what I've noticed over the years of doing this work is that it's very helpful uh, for us to be able to do it together. It's actually not so easy to stop and slow down because of the uh, momentum, enormous momentum um, of our lives and the lives of others around us and the conditionings of our mind and our habits and so on. So it's really helpful to have structures and spaces and support like this to undertake this journey of slowing and deepening. So I just want to open tonight by, again, firstly welcoming all of you. And uh, as I said, particularly really delighted for those that have come here for the first time, or perhaps some of you the first retreat and I'm really glad that you've taken this choice to explore this this path and of meditation. It's a good it's a good decision <laughs> to make. I remember my um, one of the f- primary teachers that inspired me, Ajahn Chah, who we'll talk about on and off during the retreat. Who I met when I was very young. He said, "Oh, that's good. You're starting young because you'll really need this when you get older." <laughs> And now I know what he means, because <laughs> I'm getting older. But anyway, so to, to do this work uh, together uh, is really important, and I'm glad that we're all here, whether we're new or whether we're returning. 
And some of you, I notice, been a long time associated with Gaia House, with the Dharma, and that's really lovely to have you here as well and to bring your quality of presence and depth and, and understanding. So it's a collective endeavour, but we are creating a space together which will help hold the work. And some of you know about that, and, and some of you are new to, to that process. Um, part of holding the space is entering from tonight, entering into what's often called noble silence, which is a quality of, of um, allowing our attention rather to go so much into our social personas and talking about this, that and the other, which is all very nice, but it's allowing all of that energy and that focus to go more inwardly. Um, it doesn't mean that we have to sort of get very rigid and defensive and not you know, feel um, that we have to sometimes avoid each other in very strange ways. <laughs> we can be normal and natural. Sometimes we might see someone. Sometimes we, we might sort of indicate, you know, pass the salt or something. So it's just natural, but, it, but the main meaning of this is to allow ourselves to, to again, to come into an inner space so we're not so distracted. And that also involves unplugging from all the social media, um, firing down the, the smartphones and iPads and so on and so forth, and really encourage you because, you know, in the old days, we go on retreat and we, we didn't really have all of that connectivity so you go on a retreat it was a real shutdown but nowadays one can still you know like download stuff so let's make an effort to not do that and give give ourselves and you give yourselves permission to to really come offline if you need to just tell everyone if you haven't managed to do so tonight you can just fire off an email and say <coughs> you put a responder just say I'm I'm on retreat and be back sometime soon <laughs> so that uh, you can give yourself that space so to go into silence and we'll talk more about that as the retreat goes on and then we have the schedule which gives us a form for the day, a structure for the day so that you don't have to wake up every day and think what shall I do now um, it takes away a certain proliferation and complexity that we have in our daily life about making endless choices um, about what to do so it's all laid out in the schedule you know where to go when to turn up and so on so we'll again we'll talk about how to work with this schedule as we go along as well so we we want it to be seen really as a support not as a sort of tyranny, tyranny of some sort but it's there to support the retreat, yeah, so that um, so that you can have that um, to help uh, contain the day and contain and uh, structure the day. Obviously, everyone has different energy uh, needs and uh, capacities, so you you also have to to pace yourself in terms of undertaking the schedule when to rest, when to turn up. But it's important that you come to the talks, the instructions in the morning, the group meetings, 
and the evening talks because these are the times when we, we both check in and get a sense of how you're doing but we're also able to guide the themes and the practices of the retreat and it, to, to maintain cohesiveness with that it's important that you uh, continue to connect with that but you know, to find a way of managing the schedule that suits and supports your energy and your capacity and then the last thing um, I'm going to say just as a sort of way of beginning uh, tonight before um, Kitty Saro uh, gives more of a sort of uh, Dharma opening for our retreats is to talk a little bit about the container of the precepts and then we can for those that would like to, or you can think about this container if it's new to you, we can actually take the precepts. And this is a very refuges and precepts. This is part of the tradition that supports this practice. The Buddhist tradition goes back millennia and this avowing of an ethical framework within which to do this meditative work has been is considered a very important foundation. So we like to begin the retreats, as many of these retreats begin, with a contemplating and taking and um, aligning ourselves with this way of using our body, speech, and mind to um, to be in this world in a in a skillful way. The Buddha said, well, said many things about this. Practice. This is one of the fundamental practices that he he encouraged the taking of refuge and precept. But one of the things that he said about this, when he talked about developing a foundation of streams of what's the word punya, which means like blessings, sometimes translated as merit, but streams of that which brings good fortune, wholesome nourishments of happiness heavenly ripening in happiness and leading to whatever is wished for, loved and agreeable to one's welfare and happiness. What are these eight, these eight streams of blessings? These are the three refuges and the giving of five gifts, which are the five precepts which we'll look at just now. By giving to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression, so too will one enjoy immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and, imp- and oppression. So this, I think if, if I think about uh, my engagement with the Dharma, one of the most wholesome things that I've been able to do and come across and develop is this precept vehicle. It's really considered a protector it's considered laying the causes for um, wholesome unfolding in our own lives and in the lives of our families and communities. So it's very important. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a training, the word sikapadam, which is connected with the taking of precept, literally means to train. So it's not a moral, eth- it's a mor- moral imperative coming from an external force so much, as we often understand the form of precepts, but it's coming from an internal con- conscience, really. Um, and so these precepts, as we start to deepen 
into the practice, the practice of being present, discerning, inquiring, then the precepts become more refined in many ways. We start to discern for ourselves very directly what is right action, right intention in varied kinds of circumstances we find ourselves in. So these five guidelines are really that. They're guidelines for us to consider for ourselves and take responsibility for the power that we have as human beings, um, the power of this mind and intentionality so that, that that's guided within the framework of an overall harmlessness and degeneration of, of this um, putting out for ourselves and others this freedom from fear and from oppression and hostility. So we can begin our, our retreat by, I think you've all got these... Um, chanting sheets and on the first page you'll see right at the beginning it says refuges and precepts and as I said you can we'll formally uh, go through this the line in, lines in Pali and then saying the precepts in English when we come to the precepts so you, you are welcome to join in that or if you feel a little uncomfortable doesn't quite um, resonate for you right now, you, you can just listen and consider um, the form of this and apply it in ways that you feel are, are meaningful for you. So in this way, as we undertake this preset vehicle, it's also part of the container that we're creating to carry us through this retreat. So it's not just refraining from certain actions that generate disturbance in the relational field and disturbance psychologically internally and then consequences that are difficult to deal with but it's also about generating the opposite positive positive, um, intentionality to protect like the first one the precept to refrain from taking life and the positive is to to find ways to protect um, life, to protect and not harm. So we can think about that. There's, not, it's not always easy to know exactly what to do when there's so many grey areas, but it's a, it's a guideline to reflect on. So if we practice that, all the other beings around us can sigh a little bit of relief because they're not going to be harmed by us. And it can also go very subtle. It can go into learning not to project inwardly and outwardly harmful thoughts on self and other. So these, these, these is why it's called a training. There's a whole spectrum of application. The second sphere of training is to refrain from taking what is not given or not meant for us, both materially but also maybe energetically, in relationships and so on. Um, so this implies being very careful about how we use and engage the world around us. The third one is to do with using our or misusing the energy of sexuality and senses is sometimes added in some forms of the precepts. And again, it's the, the guideline around this is not to exploit 
others, not to impose on others, um, for our own gain, for our own desires, but to respect our own and others' sexuality. And again, one can refine this to the senses, and the retreat form is a good form to do that within. The next uh, precept is about speech. That's going to be fairly easy on the retreat because we'll be in silence. Uh, but it is probably a challenging precept to be careful about speech. And um, the last one is, again, going to be fairly easy on this um, retreat because we don't have access to any intoxicating um, substances and so on that will distort consciousness, but it's about using our ordinary consciousness um, as the ground for the meditative work and, and to avoid... Uh, ingesting intoxications that lead to carelessness and so on. So this is the very traditional frame for our work. This, the schedule, the silence, and then as we set that up, we enter and create a, a sacred space, really, that we can come into a trusting space, a protected space, um, for us to, to relax into. We, can, we don't have to be so defended. We don't have to wonder if something's going to happen that we have to be alert for. We can start to relax allow the body, mind and heart to soften and be open for this journey that we're taking together. So Kirisara will lead us in the precepts for those that would uh, like to do them. It's, it's a call, <clears throat> a call and response, uh, ancient form, where I'll, I'll recite uh, the line, and those who wish to join in just will echo, echo the line back. And then when we get down to the precepts, I'll, I'll do the Pali line that we echo back, and then together we'll chant, recite the, the English. So starting with that first line, Namotasa. Most ancient way of honoring the Buddha, the great awakened one whose teachings are blessing us for this retreat. Namotasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namadasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namadasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa so you can join Tanisra when she's chanting. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samasambuddhasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samasambuddhasa. Bhutan 
Japamadatana Veramani 
transmariami. I undertake the training to refrain from intoxication which leads to the carelessness. to echo Tanisara's welcome we've been coming to Gaia House for many years though uh, because we were quite involved with looking after my father in his last years of his life uh, we haven't been here for four years so it is good to be back I've been coming here for about 30 years I was uh, tired last night from traveling, but we, before I went to sleep, just pausing and feeling the resonance accumulated. vital, essential, sacred spirit. That is revealed and catalyzed when we when we return again and again to our nature. That is uh, tangible here. It was lovely to be back. So we're pleased to be here and to embark on this auspicious, auspicious event. It's auspicious when a gathering like this, all different sorts of backgrounds, places, configurations of what we feel we are, our own variety of hopes, aspirations, disappointments, challenges. but unified in our intention and effort to make a pilgrimage to a sanctuary place dedicated to inviting, supporting people to align with this mysterious Dharma nature, this this reality, this truth. to go for refuge, to make that always in the present moment, that returning to the Dharma, to the way things are actually unfolding. 
the actuality of the sensations, the feeling tones, the moods, that, that Dharma nature which is unfolding in our lives right now. is auspicious that we might not seem like much. This might seem negative to undertake a training to refrain, not kill, not steal, like the effort not to exploit ourselves and each other, refrain from false speech, harsh speech, divisive speech, just meaningless speech refrain from intoxication. Sounds like just a big no. Yet there's such blessing power in, in a mindful, a considered pausing, a giving up. The Buddha called it the, the five great gifts as part of these ancient, timeless streams of blessing, that when we go to refuge, make our center of gravity, this quality of Buddha, of listening, of awareness, of presence, of conscious connecting to Dharma, listening and then connecting, receiving the nature of our body, the actual sensations, the feeling tones, the moods, the forms around us. It's taking refuge in Buddha Dharma, Sangha, which we'll be looking into these refugees, deepening them as we take refuge in this power of our collective effort. We encourage each other with our presence. But most deeply and essentially, we're taking refuge in Sangha when we practice, when we again and again befriend what is skillful, what is mindful. And that this making a gesture of consciously Treasuring is a training to not harm, not exploit, etc. As Tanisara was saying, that that is a gift that allows each other and all those around us. Because just by pausing and refraining, we might still have rage and desire and all different sorts of moods that come up. We're not trying to crush those, but for this time we're uh, making an intention not to act on that which harms. And that in and of itself offers innumerable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. When the Buddha was asked, what is his teaching really all about? When he condensed it, sometimes he would say it's about suffering and the ending of suffering. 
this state where we get split off, alienated, confused, contracted, distressed. And the magic of the Buddha's awakening is he realized that when we honor that experience of discomfort, of pain, of confusion, that that widens us, broadens us, illuminates the heart of the matter. And there is suffering and the ending of suffering. And it actually... When the Buddha was uh, awakened, in a sense, it was surprising that he didn't actually attain, get hold of something. He realized, recognized that which was already there, which he had overlooked because of confusion. He realizes that this heart is already luminous. The heart is luminous. He called it the original brightness. That we lose sight of this original brightness. When we get confused by what moves through the heart. What's moving through the heart now? The beginning of the 10-day retreat, Guy House, Kitty Sarum Tamisra, sounds, the opening talk, interwoven with the sensations of being here maybe echoes of our journey, shadows of things that are troubling us, mixed with sights and sounds, feelings of getting used to our spot. Buddha said when we get confused by what's moving through the heart, we then lose touch with that which is timeless, always luminous, always peaceful. I bring this up on the first evening to encourage us to remember, even as a concept, it's not that we have to get something, get somewhere. That the that there is a sacred ground, so say the saints and sages, so says the Buddha. Why would he trick us? There's a sacred ground that is, and we recite it when we start doing our chanting every day, that's always here, that is timeless, that's inviting us. but that we can overlook it when we're in a hurry to get to something, when we're in a hurry to get rid of something, 
when we're enchanted by the way we frame reality, by our thoughts and perceptions that concretize a sense of me being separate from you, that create them, it, out there. On this, this retreat, I'm a, will be encouraging us to really be kind, patient, allow ourselves to arrive. Rather than trying to get somewhere else, to welcome, allow the Dharma to be revealed. A famous teaching which we'll be looking at, Vimuttisarasa Bhidhamma, is that Sabedama means every single circumstance is vimuti sara. Sara means essence. Vimuti means the essence of every single moment is this brightness. Vimuti means freedom, unboundedness. So it's not that we have to get rid of anything or get hold of anything, giving our chance to allow ourselves to listen into. When the Buddha described this true nature that had been here all along, that he had overlooked as the core of all cores, he, he declared, ah, this is peaceful. This is sublime. That is to say, the stilling of all formations. This way that we create with our thoughts the sense of having to get somewhere, the sense of having to get rid of something, getting blinded by those creations. The stealing of that. Then he went on to say, the relinquishing, the giving back, all that we've claimed, all that we think is me and mine, the relaxing, the giving that back. That's what's so peaceful. When we hold lightly the possibility of tasting, the sounds, the feelings, the pleasure, the pains come and go. As we take refuge in this Buddha Dharma, in listening to the way things are, befriending giving ourselves the opportunity to befriend change, not be afraid of it. In the simple way of even befriending, allowing the sound of a talk, the words to well up and flow, the rhythm which we'll be using a lot as a portal, a sacred portal, the rhythm of the swelling and subsiding of the breath, the shifting flow of all the different senses cascading through the moment as we befriend and allow. Change to be just what it is. Things to appear and dissolve. We then start to have the opportunity to notice that which remains in between the sounds. We don't just keel over. 
that all of this experience that we get so preoccupied with is also profoundly arising and ceasing within a medium, within this presence, this awareness, this brightness, this consciousness. There's different words. Which word one prefers doesn't matter. In the Sharangama Sutra, a great uh, Mahayana text, Sharangama means the durable or like the indestructible. The, the Buddha said the following The primary misconception about the body and mind is the false view that the mind dwells in the physical body. You do not know that the physical body, as well as the mountains, the rivers, empty space, and the great earth, are all within the wonderful, bright, true mind. We can sort of imagine consciousness is somehow located as some byproduct of chemistry or it's feel like we're locked in the head, feels like that. But the Buddha is saying that's the primary misconception, the idea of mind is somehow locked away inside matter. As we contemplate, even from this opening night, the experience of opening night, the sights and sounds of opening night are appearing. They're touching that capacity, ever-present capacity to listen. The sense of our body, the sense of feeling our form, the pressure of gravity on the cushion or the chair, the pulsing, the tactile sensations. Notice that is, can be known. It's appearing to this awareness that actually our life appears within this unmoving background. As we take refuge again and again, practicing, pausing, listening, giving ourselves permission to slow down and just be with that fundamental recognition of the body, sitting and walking and standing and lying down. We'll have the chance to wake up that faculty of knowing, which clears the way, opens us up to appreciate Yes, the forms and all the things that we tend to get so contracted around. But would allow us to start to notice whatever sound keeps returning to.
dharmas about suffering and the ending of suffering, this ending of suffering is found right here and now, always inviting us in the heart. This brightness, this ground, sacred ground. A dear friend uh, of ours, a wonderful Dharma teacher, Ajahn Sajito, says, the heart is supreme. It can heal. All these splits are healed, not by something we do, but by remembering the heart, touching back into this ground of listening, allowing the alchemy of awareness to happen. So let's let this retreat build slowly, organically. Tomorrow, acknowledging that uh, many of us are tired and from traveling, from all the things we keep going. So uh, just for tomorrow, the, the morning bell, I hope the bell ringer hears this, will we'll be an hour later. So instead of uh, 5.30, it'll be 6.30. Then we can come in here. We won't do the chanting tomorrow. Just for a sitting uh, uh, from 7 to 7.30. And have breakfast. And we'll have our instruction at the regular time. And uh, just to give oneself a chance to rest if one needs to. But in the resting, rather than thinking, oh, I'll get over this bit and then I'll get to the good stuff. But to remember this idea that this heart is always here. It's at the core of everything, every moment. It's inviting us. The Buddha's word for that is ehi pasiko. The heart is saying, come. Ehi means come, pasiko. Come see, come experience. This inner presence. So giving ourselves permission to rest when we're walking, just to be with the body, the sensations of walking. To allow the feelings to be as they are, the pleasant feelings of finally being allowed to rest, but also the exhaustion or the painful feelings. They're all important. And to befriend, just to get the feeling for relaxing with change, letting every sound remind us that things come and go, come and go. And as we rest into and allow ourselves to notice change, we are then abiding in the changeless. We're resting in that awareness where everything arises and merges back into. It is to give ourselves time. We'll be doing, inviting those to join us in chanting 
and some bowing. If that's new and a little strange, we can just check it out. There's no, we're not taking notes on who's the best bower or who isn't bowing. But it's an ancient way of this relinquishing. In a bow, one can let go down into the ground. Or it's just a gesture of letting go into that essential mother, like Mother Earth from which everything comes and goes. The mother of all things is this ground of being, of listening. As we rest and let every sound return to the ground, we touch into that place where everything comes together, where everything merges. That's how the alchemy, the healing of the heart works. To start our time together, we, Tanisha and I would like to recite a few of the ancient uh, blessing chants that have come down since the time of the Buddha. Chanting the qualities that we took refuge in of Buddha Dhamma Sangha and the ancient Pali the incredible blessing power of kindness. We recite the discourse on loving kindness that the Buddha gave and the great victories, how the Buddha overcame different great challenges with kindness and patience and truth and different virtuous qualities. And that is we, uh, as we recite this in the ancient Pali language, just to allow the sounds to flow, listening to them arise and cease back into that listening. And to just remember, just as our refraining from harming blesses everyone around us, just dedicating this retreat, not only for our own welfare, but just consciously wishing, may it also bless. And it will bless, but just allowing that to become conscious. Our family, ancestors, community, fellow beings, seen and unseen, near and far, on this uh, troubled uh, uh, earth where there is so much suffering. And yet there is a path to the ending of suffering. Taking a few minutes to stretch if you need to, and then Tanisra will invite all the, the subtle beings, auspicious beings, to bear witness to our entering this retreat, and we'll recite these blessing chants.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.